4: Welcome to Truth Hounds, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Anna, and I've been unemployed for about a year now, so I really have nothing going on. And I'm Kyle.
5: In middle school, I received the award Most Enthusiastic to Learn, so
4: that makes me pretty special. And that is what makes us the perfect investigative duo. We are two friends who love each other very much, but what we love even more is getting to the bottom of mysteries... All mysteries, sure, but small mysteries specifically. Trust me, no mystery is too small. No, no,
5: no. Why don't you trust me when I tell you we are ready to sniff around? We are
2: the the Truth (laughs) Hounds.
5: Hello? Hey,
4: Kyle. Hey. Hey, um it's it's Anna. Oh, hey. Hey. Are are you busy right now?
6: Um well, I was actually just about to step out, but um what's up?
4: Well, um we need to talk.
6: I'll be right there. Thank you so much for meeting me here. Yeah. No problem. It, there was a lot of traffic. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, look at this. Like,
4: the way that the sky hits the water, it it just, you kind of can't tell where one ends and the other one begins. It, it, It just, it's so beautiful out here.
5: It really was beautiful. Honestly, you
4: should go over there right now. Kyle, well, we want them to finish listening to the podcast.
5: Right. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, back to it.
4: I brought you here to talk because I had a feeling that you wanted to talk to me about something.
6: Yeah, something actually happened. The other day I was walking down my street and a butterfly fell on my nose. I'm
4: sorry, a butterfly fell on your nose?
6: Oh, I I mean landed on my nose and then fluttered off. That sounds amazing. It, it was amazing. It was beautiful. It was this amazing moment. And so I had to tell someone around me and I actually tried to call you. You did? Yeah, you didn't pick up. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's fine. So I had to tell someone. So I look to my left and I see my neighbor standing on his porch. And so I go, did you see that? Right, okay, yeah. No response. What? Yeah, he doesn't respond, and so I think maybe he just didn't hear me. Yeah, he probably just didn't hear you. So I ask again, did you see that butterfly that landed on my nose and flew off? Okay, yeah, and? This time he goes back into his house and shuts the door. It was so mean. I I couldn't believe it. Kyle, I'm so, so sorry. Are you okay? Anna, it hurt my feelings. That breaks my heart to hear. Why is this man so mean to me? Why is anyone mean to anyone? So I guess, in essence, what you're asking is, why are some people mean? Yeah.
5: Episode two, why are some people mean? Our first instinct to crack this investigation open was to talk to someone who identified as mean. And if they were famous, that didn't hurt. We reached out to a local celebrity and sat down for an interview.
4: We wanted this interview to be legit, I mean, Like Kyle said, we were dealing with a celebrity. We prepared by studying a Charlie Rose interview meticulously. Not that it mattered, but it was with Ed Sheeran. We noticed that Charlie paused a lot and was very serious. We wrote our best questions and sat down with the celebrity in question via Zoom, of course. We'll let her introduce herself.
1: Hi, I'm Karen Kilgareth.
4: Karen, you are a multi-hyphenate, incredible talent. You live in Studio City, which is, of course, information that is readily available on your Wikipedia page. How do you do it all?
1: I guess I just, I get up early. I drink a lot of coffee, a lot of coffee. Now for
5: some tough questions. Okay. I recall us talking a couple months ago and I said, I'm doing an episode about mean people to which you replied, you should talk to me, I'm mean.
1: Karen, what is that? Kyle. You know that's just the truth i mean it's something that i have known about myself for a long time it's a it's a truth that i um feel the need to be accountable for um i grew up uh in the 80s which was a very mean time um where bullying was encouraged Uh, It was not just done by other students, but by teachers and uh, faculty and administration, uh, maybe even parents, whoever felt like bullying any child could do it legally and societally. That is
5: incredible, an inspiration. Before we let you go, what's on deck for being me?
1: Any future projects? I have to say, you know, I'm middle-aged now, and I have, um, I've put my children's mean toys away for the most part. You're an inspiration. You really are. Thank you. Thank you both for, for being such good listeners and such good interviewers.
4: The interview with Karen was really insightful. Into how to conduct an interview. As far as getting to the bottom of why a person is mean, not so much. She just seemed like a cool, independent, creative woman. You go girl.
5: We decided we needed to take a different approach. This time we wanted to find an actual mean person. We wanted to feel the sting of their wrath.
4: We wanted to dive in head first. We knew it would be scary. But you know what, my friend? All good journalism is. So, we came up with a plan. Let's find a mean
5: person and go to them. Let's watch them be mean. Hell, maybe they'll even be mean to us. Maybe that way we'd be able to get an insight into the
4: psyche of a mean person. This meant finding someone who was confirmed to be mean, both historically and currently.
5: There's no two ways about it, sister. We went back to our favorite social media
4: platform, Instagram, and put out a call to action. Kyle made another cool graphic. Let me describe it for you. Ellen DeGeneres is staring off into space. I think she just received an award or something. And I don't say this lightly, she looks pissed off. And let me take this one step further. She looks like she just climbed out of hell tell you to fuck off. And like a true artist, Kyle drew flames, coming out of her hair. No disrespect, Mr. Generous, but we've all heard the stories. Underneath that very cool and powerful graphic, we ask the following. Is there someone in your life who is really mean? The kind of person who could really leave a mark? Someone you see frequently, like a barista, a bank teller, a neighbor on the porch... We want to meet them. We need your help now more than ever. Immediately, the DMs came flooding in.
5: It was so overwhelming. It was like when you have a leak and you put a bucket under it, but then you look two feet over and there's a leak over there too. And the only thing you have to put under that is your favorite mug that you always drink hot cocoa from in the morning. What am I gonna drink hot cocoa out of? A big spoon? So to help us consolidate our leads, I set up a tip line. It was so exciting. Now it was
4: official. I had some stuff going on that day. So I let Kyle set up our greeting message. Excitedly, she sent it over.
7: Reach the truth hounds. Please don't leave anything out. Ciao.
4: As much as I loved what I was hearing, I couldn't really understand what I was hearing. I told her to try again, and Kyle, this time, be yourself.
5: You've reached the truth hound tip line. Make sure you don't leave anything out. Ciao.
4: There we go. Now we were in business. Immediately, the calls came flooding in. Again. Hi, my name is Kat and I
3: have a really
4: mean person for you.
3: Um, she's the lady Christine that sold uh my
4: car. She sold her used car to me. Um, I rate her
3: mean, 10% okay. Um, And she lives in Santa Monica. That's
5: it. Whoa, our first lead. We loved it. Especially the caller's math skills. As a lead, it wasn't very helpful. I mean, we were supposed to save enough money to buy a car, hope to God that Christine even had another car to sell, and then what? try to get a ride to Santa Monica to see Christine in person and see if she was mean? No, I'm sorry. We have to move on. Next call.
3: Hi, my name is Dan, and this message is for Anna and Kyle. I have a mean person in my life, and it's a teller at a certain grocery store in a certain kind of hip neighborhood in Los Angeles, and he's just really short with me, He just stares at me, and then I get anxious and nervous, so I try to lighten the mood and make jokes, and he doesn't even respond. He just looks at me and stares at me, not even a chuckle, and then just says, all right, here's your total. And he's just, it's very uncomfortable. It makes me not want to shop at this place. I don't know if it's me. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's depressed, but it's, it sucks, and I don't like shopping at that grocery store because of it. Okay.
4: Dan mentioned that this grocery store attendant might struggle with depression. I'm sorry, but we've all been there, especially after the year that we've had. Plus, mental health is so stigmatized in our society. No thank you. Next call.
6: Hi, so you're looking for mean people and
3: every morning I go for a walk with my tiny little dog, he's a toy poodle and I'm like watching nature and like reading my Instagram and one time I look up and I see a lady, she's my neighbor, so She's screaming in a full voice that every morning I'm on her way and that I'm completely rude. And then another guy ran out and he started screaming that he agrees with her. They told me that I have to get out of their way. I
6: think she's a very unhappy person and super mean.
3: Bye.
4: What is this? Bravo Original Programming? How am I supposed to keep up with all the characters? There's you, a woman, a guy, a toy poodle, nature, Instagram? No. We started to lose hope. But
5: then... We got our dream lead. I know things are getting really good, but we have to take a break for some ads.
0: I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver.
5: And the ad break is over. So, we got our dream lead. Before we play it for you, we need to talk to you, the listener. For legal reasons, we cannot reveal some of the details of this lead. Trust me, we tried, but we'll get to that later. That's why you'll hear some of the details bleeped out such as the clues of the location and a physical description of the mean person.
3: Uh, hey, I heard you're looking for mean people, and there's this um, amazing, it's a its a great yogurt. That's the problem, is that it's such good yogurt, and it's right down the street from my favorite sushi place, so I always go down some and I would go in there, and I would get this delicious yogurt, and they have, like... Some of my favorite candy that I'm like, why am I paying $7? Okay, that's, that's the point. A, they're not like, B, they're, I have never been more, I, I don't, I don't know how to say that they like insult you personally every time you go in and it like, it hurts and you forget, you forget every time. I warned myself and I've actually warned a friend and I was like, hey, listen, just to warn you. And my friend was like, you prepared me, but I was, I could not be prepared for that. How do I describe the meanness? Do you know, if you've ever had a shitty, shitty boss that has said, like, what were you thinking? That's the the tone that you're greeted with. Like, are you a fucking idiot? It's on, like, everything. It's like, I just, like, can I get a spoon? And they're like, are you kidding me? And then they'll give you the spoon, but it's like, and I was like, that's part of your... That's my story.
4: Okay, this was great, but terrifying. We knew that this was the right lead, but were we ready? Specifically Kyle. Was she prepared for such a big fight? I mean, think about it. Think about a big fight. You don't just come prancing into a boxing ring off the street with a chai latte and a tote bag and hope for the best. You just don't. You need to train for this sort of thing. With a trainer. Who is scary. I knew just the person.
8: Hey, I'm Megan. Um, I guess you think I'm mean or whatever.
4: That is Megan. You will meet her in a minute. See, I wanted to put Kyle through the ringer. I called up a close friend, someone I trusted, but who had a bit of lore around her. It was a bit of a risk, but I assured Kyle that I had a secret weapon in case Megan went off the rails. I arranged for Kyle to go on a kind of ride-along with Megan. I would also be there, of course, but this was really a crash course for Kyle to ultimately meet this mean yogurt person. We would travel alongside Megan as she went about her day and listen and learn. Megan agreed. We picked a Saturday morning in the early spring, kissed our family's goodbye, got COVID tested, and met at Megan's place. Hi. We met up with Megan on a
5: sunny Saturday in the east side of Los Angeles. You could feel the nerves in the air. And not that it was about that, but... She was gorgeous. Newly cut hair, stylish. She seemed like an it girl with a cool edge. She had a je ne sais quoi that not even Vogue Paris could imitate. And let me tell you, they've tried. We got into her 2010 Hyundai Elantra Touring Edition and put the keys into the ignition.
6: So how did you guys, uh, how do you guys know each other?
8: I mean, we met in SF, right? You were living there at the time. Don't know why. Too cold.
4: Hey, that city has a lot of history. Like, they filmed Mrs. Doubtfire there. Anyway.
8: But at some point, we ended up going to Portland together. I'll tell you what, boy. Trauma bonded like crazy.
4: No offense to the city of Portland. It was just that, on that particular trip, we saw some stuff we didn't like. She began to give us a little tour of her neighborhood.
8: They stopped doing the uh, buy two, get a discount on the cigarettes at that 7-Eleven right there, so I don't really go there that much very often. Huh. Right over there, that's a store that just sells four shirts. Don't know how they make it, but... At least they pushed out a Guatemalan woman to do it, you know what I mean?
5: Huh. I never thought about it that way.
8: Pretty cool. Pretty cool living in this neighborhood. How long have you lived in this neighborhood?
6: Hmm.
8: Five, six years. Hmm. Elder stateswoman, really.
4: (laughs) Soon, we reached our first destination. An organic supermarket called Airwant. We were excited for what we were about to hear. Probably something really mean.
8: The thing about Erewhon is that, you know, it's one of those places that the New York Times wrote about. As soon as the New York Times writes about something, it's hack.
5: She wasn't really being mean yet, but I'm sure she would
8: get to it. Just saw a pregnant woman wearing no mask. Oh, here we go. You might think that that might make me mad, but that doesn't affect me. All I care about is mine, getting my nut.
5: Um, okay. It didn't seem like Air One was drawing out Megan's supposed meanness, so I tried to give her another prompt. A different neighborhood market, maybe? Sprouts? To give her inspiration. To get her juices rolling. To be mean.
8: Sprouts? Decent price point, okay? Better than Whole Foods? Um, I ain't mad at it. I still think the price point is too high when I say decent. I mean, I said decent relative to, you know, maybe someone like you, who's not a deal hound like me. Uh.
4: Ouch. That did kind of hurt. I mean, I do love a good deal. I mean, I buy my Himalayan sea salt at Ross Dress for less. But it did seem like we were getting somewhere.
8: Like, look at these guys right here, right? Yeah. Completely unfuckable. But I'd bet you that their job, quote unquote, is like writing longboards down hills on Instagram.
5: Finally, she was letting it rip. It was like watching the most decorated Olympian of all time, Michael Phelps, take a lap around a pool.
8: Oh great, fourth dog. Yeah, why don't you walk that in? Big dog, too. What are you looking at, bitch? Fly, Megan. Fly. I don't like her culottes. They every fucking other year, they'll be telling you culottes are back. They're not. They're not. They never will be.
4: It was a beautiful sight. She was like a hawk over a canyon. But then, she flew a little too close to home.
8: You don't bring a fucking animal into a place of business, especially a place of business where food is being served and sold, okay? You bring an animal into any place of business, that's a walking liability. You know how many episodes of the People's Court I've seen in my life? A lot.
5: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, lady. I have a dog, and he's my best friend.
8: I don't think it's irrational to get upset by the fact that people are violating the law, bringing wild animals into places of business. <laughs>
4: We couldn't get it on tape, but Kyle's heart broke into a million pieces. She was upset because Megan was talking about all dogs, and that included Kyle's dog. Ever since Kyle had adopted her dog during quarantine, she had become a full-on dog lover. I mean, she had even started an Instagram account for her dog and she wrote captions as her dog. The captions would say things like, this is me on a walk. This is me taking a nap. I just knew this was gonna hurt Kyle in a deep, deep way. But honestly, something else entirely worried me even more. I know it's hard to imagine after what I just told you, But there was something that Kyle loved even more than her dog. It was the law. Kyle was so serious about the law that every time she bought a cup of coffee, she would proudly present her California state-issued ID to the barista. I would say, Kyle, you don't need to show your ID to purchase a cup of coffee. Anyone can do it. Literally a baby can do it. But that's how much she cared about the law. Needless to say, I was worried. Kyle excused herself from the conversation with Megan and walked away. I did what any good friend would do. I sprinted after her at Olympian speed.
6: I, I can't help but feel like she's attacking me because I have a dog and... I, when, you know, he was a puppy, I would bring him around a lot.
4: I could see the pain behind Kyle's eyes. It was unbearable, and exactly what I had feared. Earlier, I had promised Kyle that I had a secret weapon in case things went a little off the rails. A last resort, only to be used in case of emergency. Can I tell you something? Uh you look at me.
1: Yeah.
4: You know, I told you that we have a secret weapon just in case she gets too mean. The thing is,
6: I used to be mean.
4: I was
5: shocked, and listening back to this piece of tape is not comfortable for me.
6: What, Anna? Yeah, That's, that's crazy.
4: It was true. It started in the ninth grade and continued on into my early 20s. It impacted all parts of my life. In my coffee shop job, I was the kind of mean that people wrote Yelp reviews about. Three to be exact. All naming me by name, stating it was the worst customer service experience they'd ever had. One woman. that I made her not want to leave the house.
6: I'm only telling you this because I know how to deal with people like that. So if it gets out of hand and it gets more personal, I'll step in. Okay, I know how.
4: That was really hard to hear. Well, you know what, Kyle? It was really hard to
5: share. This was a new side to Anna. I mean, I had only ever known her to not be mean. She was the kind of friend who would pick you up when you fell into a deep sea of emotion. You know, the kind of friend that sends you a single rose in a big balloon just because? Finding this out about Anna was like finding out that your dad in a past life was Satan, the dark Lord, or behemoth. Once the shock wore off, I realized that knowing this new information about Anna didn't actually mean I was losing my friend, but more like I was gaining a very strong friend, someone who had the power to protect me, a bodyguard friend. And maybe there was something there. If Anna used to be mean, maybe there was more to this mean thing we were investigating. But more on that later. The ad break is over. We walked back to Megan and moved on to the next location, the farmer's market.
4: We arrived at the marketplace and boy was a bustling. It was a real who's who of what's what. The air smelled sweet with hints of tangerines and earthy undertones of hummus. Ladies clad in linen waved furiously to one another from competing kombucha stalls. The mood? Celebratory. It was a visual feast for the eyes. I encouraged Kyle to take a stab at being mean, pun intended. I wanted her to feel free to comment on that guy's sandals, or talk about how that child was too tall to be a child. Was that my landlord? We'll never know. How did it go? Listen for yourselves.
6: Kyle, do you wanna to try to name something that sucks? Um I guess uh you know, fuck those guys for wearing um like baseball hats and trying to look
4: Merely noticing that people were wearing baseball hats and then adding the word fuck? That wasn't exactly what I meant when I encouraged Kyle to be mean. They had a valid reason for doing so. Megan agreed.
8: Now they're wearing baseball hats because it's sunny outside,
2: Kyle. Oh.
5: Back to the drawing board. I scanned the market furiously, looking for anything that I could be mean to. It just didn't feel right being mean to someone. Maybe there was something. I spotted a stand that was only selling honey. And let me tell you, the quantity of honey sold was absurd. I'm talking piles and piles of honey. I'm talking a small island, but it was honey. I thought I could work with this.
6: You say, like, who needs all that honey?
5: That was pretty mean. I felt good about that.
8: Well, the good thing about honey, actually, Kyle, is it never actually goes bad. Oh, you really do need that much honey. I mean, those are large jars of honey, but they could theoretically last you the rest of your life.
5: Huh. I still felt like there was something missing. And then I saw something. It was a guy who was selling expensive vintage T-shirts. The one on display was a Harley Davidson shirt. I had an idea. I pointed it out to Megan. Thank
8: you. So you would say, fuck that Harley Davidson shirt? Uh, I mean, I would, yeah, because I'm pretty sure this son of a bitch paid 25 cents for it in Madeira, California or something. He's selling it for 40. And the person that buys it and wears it is gonna be a fashion dick. They don't even ride, dude. They don't even ride.
5: It was at this moment that something clicked into place. I began to realize where Megan was really coming from.
6: You're not, like, just mad at the shirt itself. You're not just, like, fuck everything. It really is capitalism and what's behind the shirt and Mm -hmm. what it means. So I would say that actually we're learning that you're not really mean, but there's things that bother you, and you kind of have an opinion about them.
4: Wait a minute. Back up, Kyle. Are you talking about capitalism?
5: Yeah, I read a lot of Fouquet.
4: Uh, I don't know if that joke really lands. Anyway, I asked Megan if, from her perspective, she actually isn't mean, but is in fact raging against the machine. And you're kind of, I mean, I, I would even go so far as to say raging against the machine, if the machine is, I guess, capitalist.
8: You're goddamn right I am, yeah. Absolutely, man. I mean, I'm raging against the things that are worth raging against, okay?
4: This was not at all what we were expecting. Like, I didn't want to scare Kyle earlier, but I really thought she would be too delicate to handle Megan. But instead, Megan's words really resonated with Kyle. It was a beautiful sight. Before I knew it, Kyle and Megan had their own things to talk about. Like culottes. Remember? Megan's whole culotte thing? Are
3: those (laughs) culottes? They're too low to be culottes. They're still not flattering. (laughs)
8: Okay.
5: (laughs) I was starting to understand Megan, and the things that made her tick. We may not have been mirror images of each other, but we really had a nice common ground. We went to our final destination the parking lot of a 99-cent-only store. We parked her car, sat, and talked.
8: The thing that separates 99-cent only from your average dollar store, it's not all just garbage designed to be in a dollar store, okay? Some of these are failed products. Some of these are things that are about to expire, all right? Regardless, it's all working people stuff.
5: You got that right, sister.
4: Kyle, what are you unionizing?
8: And where is it? Directly across the street from the farmar.
4: In case you didn't catch that. When Megan says farmar, she's talking about the farmers market. Yeah. We know, dumbass. Kyle.
5: Sorry. I was having a little fun. I love you.
4: I love you too. Megan concluded the ride-along with some beautiful perspective.
8: If you want to be mad at stuff, you're always going to find stuff to be mad at. But sometimes, right across the street, there's something that you can fuck with.
4: Because remember, the 99-cent-only parking lot that we were sitting in was quite literally across the street from the farm-arm, which means farmer's market. And I don't want to hear a peep out of you, Kyle. My lips are sealed.
8: If I want to get mad, all I got to do is cross that street. But I don't feel like crossing that street. I feel like going in that 99 cent only and getting some cilantro. What do you say? Brava, Megan.
4: Bravissima. Oh, sorry. Kyle took Italian in college and she's been showing me a thing or two. Uh, in our spare time. The ride along was a complete success. Except that it really wasn't. In one way, it was incredibly eye-opening to see that Megan was such a multi-dimensional individual. But as far as training Kyle to confront a certified Mino, and by that I mean mean person, not so much.
5: I loved knowing what I knew now, and I loved Megan. You go, girl. But I didn't feel ready. I mean, what if I got to the yogurt shop and the person was so mean to me that I didn't know what to say? What then?
4: I'm caught bare-assed and alone? We knew there was only one option. I asked Kyle to meet me back at the beach as soon as possible.
6: Hey, thank you so much for meeting me here. Yeah, um, my oil light turned on today. I think I've been driving a lot back and forth to the beach, so... I'm so sorry. But, I mean, if it helps, it's just so beautiful here.
4: But anyway, so I I brought you here to talk. And um, what I wanted to tell you is that this episode is actually a, a two-parter.
6: What?
5: To be continued. Sniff, sniff. Truth Hounds is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review.
0: The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. How this beguiling woman in her fifties—she looked like a million bucks—scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes.
2: Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. It's just
3: unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man
2: because she is on the prowl.
0: Listen to Queen of the Con, Season Five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.